1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome back to Six Rings and Football Things, a post-Valentine's Day edition where we can all turn our love back to our favorite football (laughs) team and our favorite podcast about our favorite football team. That face you see or that second voice you will hear is WEEI.com's Mike Cadlick. I am Andy Hart. Good morning, Michael. How
3: are we? Good morning, Andrew. I am splendid. Love is in the air post-Valentine's day, like you just said. And everybody loves a good mock draft, so we're going to dive right into it. It's officially post bowl. It's officially everybody's off-season. Let's jump into it. I'm uh, happy uh, happy to get this thing rolling.
2: And it's officially pre combine season where people are really starting to fixate on quarterbacks, top talent, those types of things. And we keep bringing up love and it's not just because it's Valentine's week, but also don't forget the new head coach of the New England Patriots. The new boss man at Gillette Stadium, Gerard Mayo said he works from a place of love. That's how he coaches and teaches and interacts. So love is in the air in New England. It's a new era. I don't know how great. It's going to go, but it's a new era and we're going to stick exactly. with the positive clean slate season. Oh yeah. That's right. So as you mentioned, you posted a mock draft on WEEI.com, a Patriots mock draft. So I just want to set people's expectations. This is not your traditional one, two, three, four, five, all the way straight down. This is Patriots picks along yeah. the way. Maybe I don't want I, I don't want to give away too much as we're about to get into it. Maybe even some trades sure. involved for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we should say mock drafts are coming out. And I would say the bulk of them, I think I've seen a Marvin Harrison Jr., but the bulk of them is basically a quarterback in the number three slot to the New England Patriots, which I am now very excited about, happy for. I spent my snow day this week uh, watching more Jaden Daniels, Drake May, Caleb Williams. And I am all in, all, right. all my chips onto the table. Set it on auto-draft. Take the best quarterback available at three and feel really good y- about yourself. So, without further ado, in Mike Cadlick's first pre-combine, mid-February, Patriots oh. Mock Draft and WEI.com, the Patriots take
3: a quarterback. We're going quarterback, yeah! baby. Yeah, you have to. You got to do it. I liked your uh, uh, your quote tweet last night saying that it better be a dick. And it has to. I mean, they got got to go for it. And so uh, in this one, I went with North Carolina's Drake number three. Um, The fact that Cliff Kingsbury is now in Washington and there has been some rumblings that Caleb Williams might not want to play in Chicago, and they've since refuted it, and there's been back and forth on that. But the fact that it even bubbled up to the surface at one point tells me that there, there may be some friction there, and there may be that Cliff Kingsbury ultimately went to Washington. Caleb Williams is from Washington, so there's a connection there. So long story short is whether Chicago keeps Justin Fields, takes Marvin Harrison, takes Jaden Daniels, does something at the top of the draft, I think there's a real chance that uh, Caleb Williams finds his way to Washington, and that essentially can put the Patriots in the mix for Drake May at number three. Um, Jaden Daniels is also moving up uh, you know, some consensus draft boards ahead of Drake May anyway, and if – if chicago does take Caleb Williams i would argue that Jaden Daniels might even be a system to washington better than a drake may so long story short unc's drake may falls to number 3 and patriots take him um i think he would fit what alex van pelt is going to want to run in new england maybe even better than jaden daniels or even caleb williams you know big strong athletic quarterback but still wants to pass first um you know those Those think about like the Joe Flacco bootleg type offense that they ran for the last, you know, three, four months or two, three months of the season, whatever it was in Cleveland, like get the ball out quick can can beat you with a deep shot. Um, It all seems to fit with what the Patriots want to run. And I think uh, at the end of the day, there's going to be an argument where you can take the third best quarterback at three or the best player at any other position. But the fact is, Drake May is, you know, one of the better prospects uh, in this class and one of the better prospects over the last couple of years. Next year's quarterback draft stinks. Long story short, back now, Drake May to the Patriots at pick number three.
2: Okay. I like it. It's a quarterback. So I start from there. I asked for a quarterback. You give me a quarterback. I have to kind of like it. Um, Mm -hmm. So we're going to just to give people a teaser in the next couple of weeks we're going to start doing positional podcasts here on the Six Rings podcast feed. So some of this you will hear again when we're talking just about the quarterback position yep. from top to bottom. But as I delved into the quarterbacks in the snow, the one thing that I did come become quite comfortable with is I do believe it's a top 3 and then a significant drop off to whatever the next group is. Um mm-hmm. I did surprise myself And this is just me. I do now think if I were to rank the top three, I would go Caleb Williams. And I'm talking Caleb Williams as a a talent, a football player. I've never sat down with the man, so I can't assess his diva nature, moral character, all all of these issues. But I would go Caleb Williams. I would go Jaden Daniels, too, in terms of pure talent and I would go Drake May 3. But again, I believe all have the potential to be true franchise quarterbacks in the NFL. I loosely made the comparisons, and I say loosely because you make comparisons and people get all like... People go nuts. Yes. (laughs) But I do think the Mahomes comparison is apt for Caleb Williams. I think the talent, the the ability, the play, the whole thing. I think Jaden Daniels is a current Lamar Jackson. What I mean by that is I don't think Lamar was as good a passer as Jaden Daniels is when Lamar entered the league. I think Jaden Daniels is more like current Lamar who can run and throw again, not as good a a, a runner. I don't like Lamar is one of the more dynamic runners that's ever walked the planet, Yep. but in that mold a little bit, even the build where you're skinny, you don't want him to get hit. You're like worried when he gets hit, all of that. And then and it's May- more so May- like
3: they'll design runs for him. Like it's not. Just oh yeah. Just uh, like they don't design runs for Mahomes, but he can run. They don't design runs for right. even a guy like Aaron Rodgers, but he can run. They're going right. to, you're going to dial one up for, for Jaden.
2: And when I see Jaden Daniels run and I'll be intrigued by his 40 time at the combine, but he split more defenders than, than most quarterbacks. You see like a, okay a linebacker, a safety, a corner and a safety. And they, they kind of get an angle. And then he just goes whoop right between them. And you're like, wow, that, even if he doesn't look like he's moving fast, he's moving faster than the two people he had to beat to make the big play. He did that a lot. And then I, I kind of settled on the war. more I watched Drake may, he's like a poor man's Josh Allen. Like, I don't think he's as good a runner as Josh Mm -hmm. Allen, but he's big can run, extends plays and then does the little flips and different things that you see Josh Allen do, um, throws across his body and you
3: hold your breath for a second. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I
2: mean, good and bad. There's some fear of him being Josh Allen too, because we know the story with Josh Allen. He's going to lead the league in touchdowns and maybe turnovers and it'll be twice as many touchdowns as turnovers, but it's still a part of his game kind of thing. Um, the one thing like, this is stupid. I'm just going to preface this, and everybody's like, well, you should probably <laughs> say that before every sentence you say, Andy. Um, yeah. This is stupid, but I hate his his headshot. I hate his look. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I
3: agree. I hate and it. it is stupid. Yep. No, like he I, looks – have you ever seen those memes where it's like, uh, hey, my my buddy over there thinks you're cute, and then it's like a guy just looking like, uh, like, that's, that's yeah, what I think. Yeah, goofy as F. Yeah, exactly.
2: He just doesn't look like the guy that I want to build my franchise around. And I'm, I'm literally saying this, like, this doesn't look like the guy uh-huh. I want to be the face of my franchise. And again, that is stupid. I just want to reiterate, I know it's stupid, but I'm actually glad you kind of felt yeah, the same I, way. No, when you, looked no, I've, I've, you might I've just want to get a it, new yeah. headshot. Like, it's yeah. not that hard. You have an agent, go hire the best like modeling photographer ever to find your best lighting angle makeup and put a new headshot out there. Maybe it'll change all it. Maybe we'll have him go number one overall uh, by if he just gets yeah. a new headshot. Um, so I like Drake may uh, I like the idea of a quarterback. I think he has all the potential. I mm-hmm. I'm so sick of oh M- Mitchell Trubisky 2.0. Nope. They're not mm-hmm. even close. Mitchell Trubisky barely oh. started his last year there. He had to win the job late was a one year wonder. Drake may, Actually, his better year was probably a year ago. Last year. And then yeah. some coaching changes, talent changes, things around him change, and people are like, "Uh, I actually love it when we have the opportunity to sour on a guy because that means he's been the guy for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. You know what I worry about? I worry about the guy who Jayden came out Daniels. of nowhere, had a great – Well, to some degree. because he's he's
3: been experienced, but this was his, like, boosted year type. Of right. Right. But even more but, so Mitchell, I guess. Yeah.
2: You know what I like? The longer you look at anybody, we do it with like local athletes. Like we see the warts of their game. Cause you watch them, you know, a baseball player, you see them 162 games yeah. a year for four at bats where everybody else just sees the highlights, the doubles, the home runs, like whatever. So I kind of like the, the nitpicking of, of Drake may. Cause it means he's been around a while and both of those guys, that's the one thing I like about Williams and may, over daniels is they've been projected to go like one two for yeah. 24 months 30 months like a long time going back and you mentioned it there's not really those guys on the horizon for the 2025 draft and and beyond where everybody's like because like um ewers from texas i feel mm-hmm. like people want to put them in that category but i don't
3: think He's
0: really
2: earned being in that category yet kind of thing. He will be
3: because it's it's like when Kenny Pickett was the number one quarterback two years ago. Like, okay, but he still goes like 20th overall.
2: That's like my, you know, there are starting quarterbacks and quarterbacks that start games. Right. There are first round quarterbacks and then there are quarterbacks that go in the first round. Like Caleb Williams is a first round quarterback. Kenny Pickett is a quarterback that went in the first round. They're not in the same category by any means.
3: Um, yeah. Okay. Before so, we move on, and before we keep going, have you seen this? Um, all of a sudden, Jim McCarthy is being thrown into like a top two quarterback here. Like someone uh, said so, that someone said that a team had him as number two. Like yeah, everybody, I saw that he's a lot higher than you know on scouts' radars than he is on media radars. Like, what do you make? So of that? that
2: I may be able to buy the second part if a lot okay. higher means because I'll be honest with you. I didn't see it coming. I did. He now is my number four quarterback. He, he is now at the top of the second group. Um,
3: Interesting. Okay.
2: And I, I'll be honest. I don't know that I would take any of those guys in the first round. Um, I think they might all be day two picks and he would be the first day two pick I might make. Um, There's, there's a lot to like now, obviously Harbaugh did him a solid by saying when he's, you know, he's the best quarterback in the draft and when he's the first one taken, don't, don't be surprised. Like, he he's his hype man and he did a good job like okay great um and some of it is the negative against the other guys bo nicks michael Penix. you know bo that didn't have a great senior bowl week and some of the, the questions right. um there but i mean i don't think he is anywhere near i mean there's a lot now that say he's gonna go like top 12 top 15 yeah jj mccarthy I don't. I actually think that's forcing it. I, I I think that's a case of, oh well, the top three quarterbacks went, and we still need a quarterback. Yeah. And Like the and there's you so you get many the fifth, you get
3: the fifth year option when you pick them in the first round too, which is a positive, and that's why you always see teams trade up to the back end. But
2: the fifth year option only matters if you want them. Do the Patriots feel great about the oh, fifth year option for Mac Jones or Zach Wilson <laughs> oh. or like? You know, I don't need that option. I'm not taking it. Yeah, so you can keep your right. option. Um. But no, he is definitely an intriguing guy. I'll be interested to see as we get into the combine and guys start to talk and, and we're going to parse all of Caleb Williams' words. And I probably shouldn't say this. Is there is there starting to be rumblings about Jaden Daniels off the field? Is there like a couple? We need to delve into that. And, uh, put that on your to-do list. We need to delve into Jaden Daniels <laughs> off the field, make sure he's clean there um okay because i haven't heard anything drake may he, you know he comes from the athletic family the unc basketball family and that whole thing um if anything he might trend toward the the mac jones pampered athlete yeah. category tennis, that tennis we player may, or may not type like
3: guy. yeah right
2: we may not like i don't, I don't know we got to piece this all together as we build a you know athletic profile psychological pro i feel like we've learned over the last three years with mac jones that we're like um, FBI, like serial killer <laughs> profilers. We need to oh, figure yeah. like, what's the guy's head? What's his heart? What's his soul? What's his yep. the whole? What thing. time does he get to the
3: building? What what way does he drive to the to the stadium? Like everything, right?
2: If if there's a detour, does he punch his steering wheel and freak out? <laughs> yeah.
3: Like right, all of exactly. That. Um, yep. So it'll
2: be interesting as we go through that with Jaden Daniels or JJ McCarthy, Bo Nix. You know, can he inject positive life back into it? So. Okay, one last thing before we move on to the next pick I did want to bring up because our friend Phil Perry over next pats did this. I think the Chicago NBC Sports Boston had a different version, but the idea of the Patriots, if they love Caleb Williams trading up to number one with the Bears to get Caleb Williams, um, the trade from Chicago's NBC Sports Boston involved. I think the first and the second this year, and then a number one next year, and maybe like one other mid round pick. Whereas Phil Perry, citing the famous Jimmy Johnson, the classic historic trade yeah. value chart, said simply you trade three, 34, and 68, your first, your second, your third from this year to jump up to number one. Okay. Would you consider that?
3: Um, if, you know, if Mayo and Wolf and Van Pelt and all these guys are completely gung-ho on Caleb Williams is our guy and he is going to be the future of the franchise and and they don't like May or Daniels anywhere close to him then absolutely you make that move 1000 you have to trade up for the guy um there is no well is he worth xyz because we now have no 68 and 30. no that doesn't matter like you overpay for quarterbacks and it's worth it as long as you're convicted and he is your guy, you absolutely make the trade. Um, people kind of parse that too much, in my opinion. Like, oh, well, we could just get this guy instead and still have 34. Like, like because if you like, if you like Williams that much more than May and you don't even like May, but you're just going to take him because the value. Like, no, you just got to go get your guy. And so if Williams is their guy, you absolutely 1,000% make the trade if Chicago's willing.
2: Yeah, I would, assuming I can come to grips with his personality and his right. off-field stuff, I I think, because you bring it up, like, we're talking about the top three QBs, but I think yeah. you can make a strong argument. It's one break, two guys 100%. break, more guys. So what is that divide between Caleb right. Williams' talent and Jaden Daniels' Drake Mays' group and – Like, we're never going to have the answer because we're never going to sit down. We're never going to have Caleb Williams for a visit where we go over film. Then we go talk to him. Then we go to dinner. And, like, I feel like I joked about this on TV last night. I feel like this is that draft day movie where the guy drops because people didn't go to his birthday party and all that. Yeah, right. It feels like open season on Caleb Williams. Like, a lot of pot shots are being taken. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure which ones are completely true or where sort of legend has snowballed
3: and like and it's and I, you mentioned it like it's impossible for us to to really know that but when Gerard Mayo and these guys and the scouts go and speak with him and he can actually say no this happened and why and I'm emotional because this and I want to win and I work like it, only he can explain himself and we're never going to get those answers so that's right. the tough part and like it it's tough to sit here and it, I don't want to even say make fun but like judge caleb williams for being so upset after a win because other times it's like well well that guy doesn't care about about winning or losing he just cares about x y and z and then caleb goes and cares and you get mad at him for like it's just it's it's so tough and so you want to hear it from the source right type of thing yeah
2: it's a great point you you make so there was the claim which i still don't know is true not like oh he thinks he should be part owner of whatever team he goes to like he should get equity
3: okay that felt like a snowball by the way that agreed yeah,
2: But even if there's any truth to it, that is the, exi- so he's a businessman. He sees himself as a piece of, well, the flip end is he's balling his eyes out after a loss on his mom's shoulder. So is he a businessman or is he too emotional and like, yeah, too right. a, like so all of that um, you'd have to come to. And it also, this hinges on how the bears feel, obviously, like, right. are they, because guess what? If they decide all of this negative uh, attention is kind of fake. Well, then they're probably going to take him at number one and not trade with you. So yeah, right. there's that weirdness there. And then it's almost like, oh, they're willing to trade with us. Oh, that means they don't like Caleb Williams. That must mean he is a dink. And should we really make that like yep. that, that whole world? Um, And then, shoot, what was the last thing? I had one more thing about him. Mad nah, damn it. I forgot. It's gone. That's all CTE. Right. He's... It happens. <laughs> um, So you. You didn't just do the number three overall pick. You obviously have the Patriots taking 34th overall, where you obviously have them taking a tackle.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
4: dot com slash taylor tay in the uk on the odyssey app thanks to republic records this is a national contest
3: not quite andy hart what we're going to trade back we're taking a book out of the uh we're taking a page out of the belichick trade book here we're going to trade back because Uh um you and we're only going back what's it seven spots so the packers are sitting at pick 41 um the patriots trade back from 34 to 41 and they pick up pick 91 in the process. So pretty good. You grab grab, a, grab another third round pick here. I think it's a third. Let me just double check. Yeah, yeah you grab a second, third round pick um, to move back seven spots. So there's a ton of guys still on the board. The Patriots have a ton of needs, um, not just quarterback. You stick at three instead of trading back because you need the quarterback and it's number one. But then once you get to the second round, you see who's on the board. And you trade back seven spots with Green Bay. So now we're sitting at number 41 with an additional 91 behind us. And at 41, we take your guy, who uh, you privy me to when we were doing our senior bowl thing, Jordan Morgan from Arizona. 6'5", 325. He's a moose. Um, I believe he tore his ACL two years ago, but he came back uh, last year and was all Pac-12. He only allowed three sacks last season. Um, Just a guy who – and as I'm doing this, it's kind of tough. But you have to check out what you do in free agency. And so I'm hoping that they take, they sign Mike on Wenu either long term or franchise him. So at this point, you have Drake May and you have Mike on Wenu at right tackle. And now you bring Jordan Morgan and you put him at left tackle and you put together a nice clean pocket for your franchise quarterback to play in. It's perfect. So um, yeah. So it's quarterback, wide receiver, tackle as the three top needs, and you nab two of your first three picks and also uh figure out how to trade back.
2: Yeah. You're uh you're well on your way to Andy Hart's perfect offseason plan, especially with you sort of throwing in the Mike on Wenu signing. I love that. I think yeah. you have to do that to start a sort of a stabilization of the offense. I'm not even saying making the offense great, stabilizing like Bringing your young quarterback or whoever into a stable environment, I think that starts with Mike Onwenu. I'm not going to pretend that I am all in that. You know, Morgan is going to be Matt Light or or Sebastian Volmer, yeah, of course, whatever. But he he has talent. He has the obvious measurables. He has what I'm looking for. And you know, Jim Nagy, when we talked to him on Gresham Fourier, he said, "Yeah, the, some of these second round tackles are absolutely NFL starters. Absolutely." Right. And so you have that opportunity. And in your scenario here, you also added another day two pick. So I had kind of in my mind, I was mapping out quarterback, tackle, wide receiver, which is still Mm -hmm. very plausible. And you added another pick so I could add, oh, I don't know, a running back. I could add a tight end, whatever those because I think people multiple wide receivers, if you want to do that, um, whatever it is. The the opposite of the, oh, you can't trade up for Caleb Williams, the people that believe you have too many holes, this trade is perfect for that because you've added, people love right. the top 100 picks, and you added yep. a top 100 pick, which, theoretically, if you make those picks right, you're well on your way to having a draft that re- retools
3: your entire roster. And you mentioned, too, what Nagy told you guys when you were on radio, right? Like, there's so many tackles, and so... You know, I, like I picked Jordan Morgan in this scenario when I went through the the simulator on I think it was Pro Football Network. Uh give them a quick plug. I do the whole thing, right? And there was like three or four tackles. There was Patrick Paul, um, the kid from uh the other Washington tackle, Fitanu. Like there there's multiple guys in this in this spot where you can grab. I just picked Morgan for this scenario, but again, you trade back because there is so many guys there, then you grab one and you add the hundred picks. So like there's there's a lot of uh There's a lot of ways you can do it, but in this one, I I go with Jordan Morgan from Arizona.
2: And you mentioned Paul. He's another favorite. I've seen him even mock to number 34 to the Patriots. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of similar thinking, I think, in this process. I don't see a lot of mock drafts, for example, that go like uh, Marvin Harrison, then an edge rusher, then a cornerback. Like You don't see a lot of – there's a lot of similar paths to what they need to fill. And I've always said this. If you go back and look at Bill Belichick, he drafted for need way more often than he didn't over the years and sometimes yeah. extremely obvious need where he would Cole take Cole Strange <laughs> Well Cole Strange yeah or I'll go way back I always use the example of Ty Warren in the first part right. of the dynasty they needed a D tackle and I believe Ty Warren went 14th and he was like the fifth defensive tackle taken but they were like we need one we're taking yeah. the best player at the position there's no way he was best player on the board in my opinion for them right. so Need is a is a driver of this. Okay. So we got a tackle in the second round. We traded down. We got our quarterback. The next selection. And we don't need to go as deep on all of these. We'll kind of yeah, uh, we'll rattle through here oh yeah.
3: yeah, for sure. Up next. Um, wide receiver, pass catcher for Drake May. We are helping Drake May out today. And we're going with Washington's Jalen Polk. Um, 6'2, 205. Uh, a lot of people like Roman Wilson at this spot. The kid from uh Michigan, yeah. who oh, yeah. and I would too. I mean, he's he's phenomenal, running route runner. Um, I'm not going to go too much into detail because I'll probably <laughs> Roman Wilson in one of my next ones, and we could talk about him then. But yep. uh, he's a guy who's flying up boards. But right now, I'm going Jalen Polk, Washington. He was one of two of Michael Penix's uh, wide receivers this season who went for a thousand plus yards. um He is. I don't want to say he's not the fastest. I'm curious to see his 40 time, but he is. 6'2", and he's a contested catch guy. So immediately, people's minds may go to Nikhil Harry, Devontae Parker, and not necessarily like this kind of guy. So I want to see how he runs. But right now, um, I just think you need to get uh, a security blanket in there for Drake May and a guy who he can sort of go learn, grow with. Um, I was watching some of Polk's uh, some of Polk's tape this week when I was doing this mock, and like a lot of times it is – he shakes a guy, but he gets like he gets separation, but it's not a ton. And then Michael Penix just throws him a perfect football, which was kind of the recipe for Washington all season long. But if if Drake May can do that with him, then that's fine. Um, so I want to see how he sort of runs and how he beats cornerbacks. But uh, he is worthy of the sixty eighth pick. I like his size. Um, so again, a guy who helped Washington out towards the national championship, and I think he would uh, blend well with Drake May. You sort of get him your. May had Tez Walker at UNC, uh, same sort of body build type of guy. Um, so go with him here with uh, to pair with May in, in New England.
2: Yeah, you uh, accurately point out that uh, contested catch can be a controversial label. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we've learned it with, like, Devontae Parker. We've learned it with Aaron Dobson, Nikhil Harry. You know, sometimes you get great. Even the
3: Quentin Johnson. Quentin Johnson. Oh, yeah. uh, Who's out in L.A. right now. Like, he stumped this year. And that was kind of last year's contested catch big guy, right?
2: Yeah. And and I've always said, I've always joked that, like – why are so many of these catches contested? Maybe if he just got a little separation and, you know, I don't want him vying with Devonte Parker for whatever that next gen stat is of least amount of separation yeah, for three right. straight years in the NFL kind of thing. Although then you go back to like a an Anquan Bolden type and you're like, well, he was never really open either. And he caught like 8 billion catches for 8 yeah, billion right. yards over his career. So um, it, it's all about the talent, the individual talent, and figuring out exactly why it's contested, how good mm-hmm. he is at it. And as you mentioned, it also matters if the quarterback, whether it's Michael Penix or Drake May, and this can can put the ball where it needs to be to allow him to win contested catch opportunities. And then so, okay. I
3: look to, uh, quickly, like the the West Coasty system type thing that, and again, I, I keep using West Coast and it's broad, but like Van Pelt said it yesterday in his social media video with the Patriots, like I'm going to, we're going to take our guys and we're going to build a system around them. But so I still look at, Amari Cooper in Cleveland this year, contested catch guy, outside receiver, beats a guy deep. Um, you look at, obviously, what Devontae Adams had done in uh, Green Bay with them, like another guy similarly. And so that's sort of where I see that, um, like the Jalen Polk comparison there with a, a bigger guy on the outside who can who can beat you, beat you deep. So,
2: Okay, so now rattle off. Give me a couple – I don't want to do steal all the picks here. I want to drive okay. people over okay. again to weei.com to read – uh, Mike Cadlick's first Patriots mock draft of the winter. Um, give me another couple picks you like from the remainder.
3: All right. Let's go with, uh, we'll go with the next one because it's a heart. It's a Cam Hart, not an Andy Hart. Uh, cornerback, Notre Dame, a guy who met with the Patriots multiple times at the Senior Bowl. Um, he is 6'2, 202. Uh, played well in Mobile that week, uh, is sort of shooting up draft boards. He's, uh, Played at Notre Dame a few years and like the Patriots, right? They have Christian Gonzalez and that's kind of it, right? And it was your big house, your large thing at cornerback. And I sort of pushed back on it multiple times over the summer. And it turns out Marcus Jones, you know, was gone and, and the whole thing crashed and burned and they struggled at cornerback. And so you bring in a guy in the third round with the pick you picked from the Packers at 91, you get Cam Hart from Notre Dame. Uh, another one. I traded back again and picked up a couple picks um, because again, you have so many needs. And normally, look, the the front office in New England is staying relatively the same, so they're gonna pick up some traits and things of what Belichick did. Uh, and he always, they always brought in around ten guys. And right now, you're sitting at seven picks, so they're gonna. I think they're gonna end up trading back and try and pick up more capital. So I trade back a few times, pick up two more picks. I end up with 10 guys. Another guy um, that I liked here is Christian Mahogany from BC. We talked about him with Kari Thompson. Uh, He was at the Shrine Bowl. Um, Everyone's probably going to panic when they see offensive guard in the mock draft because why are you taking a guard and you got Cole Strange and blah, blah, blah. But like, look, David Andrews isn't, you know, his his career isn't getting any longer, right? Um, Mahogany, He apparently took center during the Shrine Bowl. So this is a depth guy on the interior that you might be able to move around, maybe put him at center, maybe becomes your next center, right? And so, again, for a guy who was the best player in Frisco at the Shrine Bowl and uh, a local kid with ties, like, I don't know, I think that that's a decent pick. Um, And then the last pick I want to point out, I picked Will Reichard, the kicker from Alabama. Um, Maybe he ends up being undrafted free agent, whatever, but Chad Ryland wasn't great this year. That was clearly a check pick, in my opinion. I don't know what Mayo and co and what Jeremy Springer is going to think when they come in and Ryland is maybe shanking kicks again, or if he gets his mind right, right, you don't know. And so bring in some competition for him. Is it tough to have, you know, two young guys and then maybe both guys stink and you still don't have a kicker? Yes, you might want to bring in a veteran, but he's the uh, leading scorer in NCAA history because he was at Alabama for five years and that offense was a wagon. Um, consistent kicker got better every year. So maybe bring in some competition for Chad Ryland, but everything else, go check it out. WE.com. Uh,
2: Absolutely. Go check it out. And there'll be new versions of this along the way between here yep. and late April. We also would urge you check out Chris Scheim. He has a traditional first round mock draft yep. uh, that he posted. I don't know, maybe a week, week and a half ago. You can look at that. We are going to be hitting the draft hard here on WEI.com and the Six Rings podcast feed. As I said, positional preview podcasts coming, weekly rumblings, rumors, updates, mock drafts. We'll have it all. So be sure to subscribe, like, follow oh, us, yeah. and get us on your Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y, as Fitzy likes to say, download the app or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every week, we will have multiple podcasts. I would also urge fans, if you're not interested in the draft and you're more interested in looking backwards instead of forwards, we had a nice hour-long chat with Jeff Benedict, the author of The Dynasty and the, I guess, executive producer of the Apple Plus TV docuseries that is coming out um this week actually the first couple episodes and it'll be spread over 10 episodes over 5 weeks so if you want to look back at the good old days we got you covered here with Jeff oh, Benedict yeah. and the dynasty if you want to look forward to the good future fun days of draft picks and new quarterbacks we got you covered each and every week here on Six Rings we're also going to be doing thing.
3: some uh some dynasty the dynasty uh rap recaps on the website so i'll have one and two posted on friday um, every week moving forward as they release Love it. apple tv plus great documentary great docu series so uh, make sure to check those well
2: okay and now as we trad- uh, transition into the second leg of this two-legger again stealing fitzy's phrases here uh on the six rings and football things feed yep. we're gonna get into my favorite part of this podcast which is called pats pouri where we just right. kind of bounce around to all the news notes anecdotes of the last few days the week and i wanted to start with something you mentioned earlier and that is alex van pelt was not available to the media but he spoke with patriots.com and did a, a sit down video with them that was put out on their social media feeds and i'm something there was a few things in there that stuck out one of which um, was I think Ramondre Stevenson hearing that they want to run the football, he's in a yep. contract year. Sounds like a pretty good plan for to be the lead running back. Also, by the way, ties into my next point that he brought up, and that was a good coordinator builds his offensive scheme around his talent, looks at what he has. That that's where the problem lies for me because
3: they don't have talent.
2: <laughs> well, other than Ramondre Stevenson, I can see why you say you want to run the football, he's your best right. player on offense. And then maybe the second best player on offense as a known commodity is DeMario Douglas, I guess, Mm -hmm. as your slot receiver. But if Alex Van Pelt is being honest, it almost sounds like the next month he can't really do much until free agency, till they start to formulate who they're keeping slash getting, and then really won't be able to hit his stride until May 1st, basically, when the draft is done and he can be like, Okay, we got a young quarterback. We got a okay, I got a left tackle now. Um oh yeah, we got this receiver who, even though he's a mid round pick, I think he might come in and and can like and then he, he has, has two weeks.
3: Play-win. He has two weeks to stable his playbook together before right. rookie minicamp. Right?
2: Then all of a sudden we got rookie minicamp OTAs <laughs> yeah. passing camps and the it's all hitting the fan, and we threw together right. an offense on so am I being over dramatic with that? Like, do you think he'll have more of a skeleton of the offense, or does he really need to see what the F we get? Because we don't have talent right now.
3: Um, over dramatic a little, but like I see where the problem lies. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, no, like, but I see where the problem lies. It makes a lot of sense because, again, you, it, like, uh, uh, there are a lot of times, right, where I'll like, pre-write two articles in case it, like the Patriots win or they lose. Right. And you kind of got to right. work on both things. Right. And so yep. you, it's like, you're, you're making a playbook for Jaden Daniels and you're making a playbook for Drake may like that. That's tough. You're, you know, you're spinning your wheels and one of them was a waste of time. And so like, the, he's not just going to sit and twiddle his thumbs. I'm sure he's going to work and trying to figure out things, but it's, it is interesting to kind of, because you don't have the talent you don't have the guys because you, you're not, not going to build this offense around smith shoots or parker and uh i guess david andrews call it because th- those aren't not i hope future. not yeah th- like that's your past right and so it's i right i look at it and they're, they're going to be in their scouting meetings they're going to know which way they lean um if they really want and again if they trade up for the number one pick then you immediately start building that offense around Caleb Williams, right? And so I think there will be a skeleton of the offense, and then you can sort of manipulate how you want to call plays and uh I guess lean towards one package versus another once you actually have your guys. So he's still gonna have the core of his system in place. Um, but it is, it's it's interesting to hear him say that look, we need to build it around the guys we have. When right now you're looking at Mac Jones and Bailey Zabby in the quarterback right And that's really not, frankly, that's not a good, a good future to have right now.
2: So Right. And and like, and I was also basing when I thought about that fans, Twitter callers, there's very um, distinct and different plans of it. Like some people have these dream scenarios where, you know, you get T Higgins, you trade for Justin Jefferson, and you sign Kirk cousins. Well, I'm pretty sure that offense would be different than Drake may and, you know, some rookie receiver in the third round paired with DeMario Douglas. Right. Like, it's, it's very different. So it'll be interesting to see. No matter what, it's going to be interesting to see because Alex Van Pelt has never really had this off, opportunity to build his own scheme. Fresh talent, fresh right. quarterback, fresh. Um, so I'm intrigued just to see where it goes. The rest of the news on the coaching staff, and I forget where, if we've touched on all this, but we got Taekwon Underwood. The former yep. Patriots wide receiver, former Rutgers pit guy that um has big the hair. hair, big <laughs> yeah. hair. Um, he's gonna be your assistant wide receivers coach. Um, yep. because it sounds like Troy Brown is still up in the air. Like we're not really sure. Sh- I think Mike Reese reported he has a job if he wants it, kind of thing. Yeah.
3: So he's under He's not under contract. That's also under Reese. He has a job if he wants it. I would assume that it's not as wide receivers coach because if it was, then he would just be back, right? He would say, okay, I'll be the wide receivers coach again. I feel like it's probably a kick returner, special team assistant type guy because he is a good, you know, he was a great punt returner, right? He's still worked with those guys. Marcus Jones has been great. They've had good punt returners. Jalen Rager was there last yep. year. He was pretty good. Um, long story short, I'm sure that it's not the job he wants and that's why he necessarily signed a contract yet.
2: Right. Um and then we have so still
3: looking for that coach.
2: Yes. And then we have Mike
3: McCarthy
2: as the yeah. assistant O-line coach from Brown, not the Browns. So I mean he worked with the Browns, but now he's from Brown, not the Browns yeah. at this point.
3: So they they have three offensive line coaches. Um who they reported reportedly hired. It's Scott Peters, Big Robert team. Kugler. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, the, the Jujitsu guy. Is that uh, Yeah. um, I just said his name. But uh, Scott Peters. Peters Kugler and Mike McCarthy, right? And so so I guess that's, you know, more brain power uh, to kind of put to the offensive line. I wonder, though, too, like a couple of those guys I know McCarthy has coached ends in the past. So you wonder run game coordinator past. yeah. Yeah. So you wonder if there's run game coordinator. Path game coordinator titles that were going to be given out. Um, obviously there's you know great. quality control guys who help, right? And so um I get it. on one hand, it's like, okay, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen here, but on the other hand, the complaints has always been that Belichick doesn't hire enough staff and it's you know one guy and everyone's taken on too much. And like last year, Adrian Clem was gone and then Belichick had to coach the offensive line and everyone was bitching about that. And so um get more brain power in, but yeah, that's sort of where we're at with assistant coaches on offense right now. Um, not Mike McCarthy from the Cowboys. It is not right. the Cowboys head coach that is here. Uh, it is a different guy from Brown University.
2: So we can, I guess, presume and assume like Adrian Clem is gone. Billy Yates is gone from the staff. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen like, I'll be honest. I don't even know what Adrian Clem's status is health wise, career wise. Right. Like I, I don't cause I haven't seen uh, where he, joined another coaching staff or anything
3: no he's still in limbo i'm sure like i think he's still under contract with the patriots um i i'm pretty sure in that herald report from doug and andrew they reported that clem was he signed a multi-year contract here but uh the i guess the writing was on the wall for him so he's probably gone i wonder where he is health wise too because you know that whole thing from i feel like there was sort of a I thought that maybe they were fudging his health, and like they just didn't want him around. And they were like, "Oh yeah, no, he's the health problem." But then it came out that no, it's very serious, and he's like, I forget if it was like what it was, right? But um, he did have a health issue. He did have a health scare, and so now you wonder if he's okay, and you wonder, obviously, what what his status is. But uh, it doesn't sound like he's going to be back as uh, as an offensive line coach.
2: Is it me, or as the Patriots' offensive line room had more random? Unknown vague health scare. I mean, David Andrews had like the blood yeah. clots in his lungs. Calvin Anderson. I don't mm-hmm. really have any idea what Calvin Anderson's issue was, but he had major issues. No. Their coach had major issues. It's like this. Maybe they should disinfect the O-line meeting room or something. It feels <laughs> like there's like something going on in that room. That's not healthy. Yeah. you got to um, get a
3: big get it spawned by Clorox or something. And yeah you no kids. did learn anything
2: yeah. wash your hands wipe things down don't share yeah, right. whatever if your mouth touches it jesus um okay so next on my pat's parade to-do list is a controversial topic that had people as always calling me an idiot and a dumbass and a moron and a um your buddy robert alvarez i know you're a big no. fan is
3: <laughs> putting in that category
2: he called me an uh, uh, an engagement farmer or something. I don't. Even, I didn't even know what the term really meant. He's probably smarter than I am. He's in that geek. I don't speak geek. I'm sorry. Um, but I just posed a simple question that I had actually talked about prior to putting it on the website and Twitter with Fitzy Rich Keith. Would you trade because now it, all accounts, it looks like the Patriots are going to look to trade Mac Jones. It looks like the Jets are going to look to trade Zach Wilson. Both yep. were 2021 draft picks, top 15 picks, starting quarterbacks, blah, blah, blah. Change of scenery. Would you trade straight up Mac Jones for Zach Wilson? And fans would not because in my Twitter poll, it was a 70-30 vote no. And a lot of media members and bloggers wouldn't because they chose to take personal, personal attacks at me and shots at me for even bringing up the question, which I actually don't think is that crazy because – Both Nick Fitzy Stevens and Rich Keefe, the two guys I posed the question to on air, said they would and I would. So at least three idiots had the same view together. So do you want to join idiocy and become number four or are you with you people and calling me a moron for bringing it up?
3: So uh, like I do, um, I wouldn't make the trade, but I don't think it's crazy to pose the question. Okay, so you. once again, I'm standing on the fence. So, well, but I, I actually appreciate I that in. because
2: yeah. I don't care if people would or wouldn't. I just don't think it's a crazy question in a trade, a trash for trash, broken it's former not.
3: first round picks. Like, right? It's not crazy, and so, like, would I do it? No, probably not, because I just I think both both scenarios it's too far gone, too far gone. Cut bait, number three overall pick. Let's just start fresh, right? But there is a scenario where, okay, I like what Zach Wilson has. Like he was a he out right and was, you know, an ethic player. People compared him to Mahomes at one point. He had the remember his pro day throw where he went across his body and chucked it out. yeah like, oh, Zach Will. Like that was the probably the reason he went number two. Like and so, but no, he has a lot of characteristics. But both guys just feel kind of broken to me right now. But sorry, the point being is it's not crazy that the Jets might want to use him as a backup to Aaron Rodgers and try and mold him into something else. You know, they think that they like his skill set better than what Wilson has. And, and same here. Like, Wilson has a strong arm, and he is athletic. And he could be up to whatever you pick at number three. And neither guy is going to come in and have to, you know, hold down the fort and be the starter. But both can be sort of reclamation projects or a decent backup. And so, no, it's not crazy to trade trash for trash and see if a change of scenery for both guys works. So, um, you're not wrong to bring it up. People need to chill the F out on Twitter. Stay out of Jumbo Hearts mentions and look for your number two Zach Wilson jerseys to be in the Foxborough Pro Shop come <laughs> April.
2: And, and I think part of the problem was a lot of people just read like the headline as people are want to do on Twitter. Um, and I guess they presumed I meant like, oh, Zach Wilson would be your number one quarterback. No, no, no. I actually think he'd be my maybe my fourth quarterback on the depth chart. And it's just it's July. It's August. We're we're throwing Drake May, Jacoby Brissett, Bailey Zappi, and Zach Wilson on the practice field, and we'll see what shakes down. And maybe he ends up your number three. Maybe he beats out Zappi and he becomes your third. I also think maybe there's a chance he could help a Drake May or a Jaden Daniels be like, listen, I can tell you a few things you shouldn't do. I have found success. I have found failure, and I know how to get there. Don't do X, Y, and Z. Um, and a lot of people got all uh, salary cap, indignant. Um, the difference isn't significant with the dead money mu- because their cap number just, I, don't, I, I didn't run the exact numbers, but the signing bonus proration for both guys stays with their first team. And obviously Zach Wilson's signing bonus was much larger because he was the number two pick versus right. the number 15 pick. So in my head, I remember looking at it. I want to say it's like, might cost you $2 million more to have Zach Wilson on your roster as opposed to Mac Jones, but both are sub $10 million. They're like mm-hmm. seven and five or six and four, something. So, it, and he still has, as you mentioned, it there's some talent there, pure right. arm talent, pure physical. He may be a boob. Maybe it's never going to work, but I don't know. I just I think an argument could be made that that trade could be more valuable than just taking. The 247th pick in the draft for Mac Jones. Like, yeah, right. hundred percent. Like lottery. Like I'm just trying and going right. in, knowing, knowing there's a good chance that both teams cut both guys at the end of training camp. And maybe they're right. both on the street come next September. So just had a little fun with it. And, uh, people as God they forbid,
3: I mean, it's February 15th. Thank what you. else are we supposed to talk about right like meanwhile funny. i get tweets
2: from people that are like yeah i think we're gonna sign t higgins trade for <laughs> justin jefferson and like right. oh, oh but i gotta take that seriously like right. that's ha- like
3: what it's ridiculous. But whatever but it's people fun season to- and
2: people love is- to be
3: mad people just want to be mad that's true that's true it's ridiculous
2: and i don't get mad and i think that's why they get even madder yeah. at me like i'm just gonna screw around with you like this is it's twitter and it's football this isn't You know, we're not trying to solve gun violence and cancer and, like, all these actual issues, immigration. You want to get mad at those things? Go find Jerry Callahan's of the world. Go find Jason Whitlock's of the world. I'm just here to play stupid football guy and talk about the Patriots and the draft and and idiocy like that. Like, I've always said, if I wanted to do news and hardcore, like, political talk, I would have gone into news and hardcore political
3: talk. It's true. And the way you just framed that, right? Like, it is crazy that, you just write a fun hey let's see if this could stick column on our website and people are like get him out of here like i mean can we relax like Jesus. read the column just read the column and be like look i don't know maybe this could work what do you guys think you the headline was a question who says no right give us your opinion don't get mad just give an opinion we're just we're just chit chatting here it's football it's
2: crazy i actually was thinking that 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 hulu commercial Where the guy does the, they're taking ideas for like, Hulu has, I don't know. And he goes, that's stupid, but we might go with it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) okay. So if you want to say my column's stupid, the idea is stupid, but you know what? Why not try it? Like, you've bottomed Mm -hmm. out as an organization. You should be looking for any opportunity to potentially steal value, steal a player. Like, it's where you are. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we can move on. Finally, we mentioned it in the first leg. Starting this week, the Dynasty uh, docuseries, Apple Plus TV, two episodes a week on Friday will be released. First two episodes this week, Jeff Benedict joined us on the Six Rings pod, had some good stories about doing it and transitioning from a book to a docuseries, which I found interesting. He planned yeah. all along. He That was his mate. Like he, he kind of did it knowing the latter was going to come after the oh, former, the whole thing. Um, you've seen the whole thing. You've seen the yep. first couple episodes. Without, I know you're kind of embargoed and things of that nature, certain things can't be said, but what is your, um, I guess, big takeaway or like, how did you react? A, did you like it? B, do you suggest even hardcore Patriots fans who feel like they've seen and read everything? Are they going to get something out of it? What was your, what was your reaction
3: to the docuseries? It's, uh, it's fun to watch like, and sort of relive everything from beginning to end, right? And you know, you see all this stuff from like you see literally from when Kraft buys the team until he leaves. And even it gets into like when Cam Newton comes. Like it, it's sort of, it's, and it doesn't go all the way up until Bill's, you know, Bill's firing, whatever you want to call what happened right. last month. But like it, you know, it takes the whole thing into account. And do you learn much more? Not really like, it, there's a little intricacies and bits and pieces about, you know, why things really got to what point. And there's some, like unseen video from before, like inside the locker room. And like, I, I think, and I could be mistaken, but I've never seen the draft call between Brady and Bill. And they drafted him until I saw episode one, the end of ep- or the beginning of episode two, it's it's in there at one point. And I couldn't find it or remember. But like, so little stuff like that, right? Like you hear, you know, Bill call Brady when they drafted him. Like that's interesting. Um, there's a little bit more inside scoops on, like again, what what really went down with like a couple of different things. And they, the Malcolm Butler stuff is still a mystery. But you know, Kraft gives a bit of insight, at like what he thought he knew and didn't know. So like, there's little things like that. Um, it's not like anything truly groundbreaking and not that it's a bad docu, like the docu series is great. And it, you know, again, it brings you through everything. Um, so it's fun, it's worth the watch. Um, and again, I'll, episodes one and two drop on Friday. And so I'll get into a little bit more bits and pieces and nuggets from those on, on the website, but overall a good piece and uh, fun to kind of put like some closure on the dynasty because it is over. And so to see the whole thing, you know, in one piece was pretty cool. Uh the one thing I will add from episode 1 and I probably didn't realize this, you know, until I watched it really because I'm only 26 years old and so I was just a just a a kid when the whole thing went down but Drew Bledsoe was the man. Like yeah. like the guy, 100 million dollar quarterback, the yeah. franchise McDonald's yeah. commercial, future yeah. Hall of Famer. Like and yeah. and again, I I sort of understood that, I guess but until you really see it and realize the decision they had to make like that it was crazy and i just it kind of seeing that he was the absolute man was was interesting
2: yeah i am looking forward to watching this i'm planning i haven't actually discussed it with him but i'm planning on watching it with my son because mm-hmm. you know you say you're 26 and you're learning things right. he joined mid dynasty he was born right. in 2007 so he's okay. like second tier dynasty but as passionate a Patriots fan who grows up in the pink hat era as you could be. Yep. Um, but I kind of want to watch it with him. And, and so he learned some of those things and certainly drew is the unfortunate forgotten figure yeah. in football. He was the greatest quarterback this region had ever seen until sorry, Tom Brady came he along in the greatest right. of all time, um, undercut him. But uh, I am looking forward to just, even if it's just a rehashing and I'm not learning right. a ton, I think watching it with my son, and him seeing the foundation of the dynasty um, and talking to Jeff yesterday, he talked about some of the visuals that, you know, aren't necessarily groundbreaking people knew, but now yes. seeing some of the, cause he, I think he said 35,000 hours of video is what they poured over. Um, I think wow. there was like a five person staff that was going through all this archived footage and like logging it and figuring out, is that relevant? Should we use it? Mm-hmm. You know, kind of paring that all down. So that's, that's going to be fun um and but i think one thing I will,
3: enjoy- I will say too another thing yeah people are going to enjoy it i will say towards the end too um can't really get into it like you said it's it's all embargoed as of now but like and chad graff wrote about it in the athletics so i feel like it's appropriate to talk about too because he did his whole review it got bad at the end and it didn't just get bad between brady and bill like everyone was exhausted like it was it was Winning and Scotty always says it in episode one like it becomes like a narcotic and you just need to chase it. And it it got ugly and it wasn't just between Brady and Bill. Like everybody was exhausted from what the Patriot way had become at that point. And this
2: is where, again, I haven't seen it. I'm gonna defend Bill just based on the Chad Graft thing, where mm-hmm. people feel like without seeing it, they're turning Bill into some sort of villain. Yeah. And Bill Belichick, I can tell you multiple times over the two decades, told the media in press conferences, but I, I remember multiple times where I did side interviews with him, one-on-ones, talks, and he would openly say, I'm not an easy guy to play for. This is not an easy place to play. Mm-hmm. Like he, And I would argue that the players embraced that when they would regurgitate it and parrot it and tell us, you know, preparation's hard around here so Sundays are easy that's why we're so good like that kind of and you hear similar things out of Alabama at times in the Nick Saban Mm -hmm. era like we practice so hard that there ain't nobody that's going to give us more of a test on Sunday than what we're doing on the practice field and I just want to make sure that is seen as a foundational aspect for the success at least as much as it's seen a reason for the eventual breakup you know what I mean like Definitely. Don't tell me he was too much of a hard-ass and that's why they broke yeah. up. No, he was so much of a hard-ass, he brought your asses six Super Bowl titles. And, <laughs> right. nine tra- like, make sure you at least balance it out and say it was – Definitely. It, and it could be the reason for the success and the reason for the eventual breakup. That both mm-hmm. can be true. Um, I just don't – I get – and I criticize Bill more than anyone. You know that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. I thought he was toast in recent years. I don't think he's the greatest of all time. Like, <laughs> I'm, I try to be objective, but – yeah. We're not doing the whole. He's the villain, and if it weren't for him, Tom Brady would still be here. We would have won more champ. No, get the hell out of here with that crap. That is BS.
3: I do think he's no. the reason Tom's gone. Well, he
2: is the reason Tom's gone, but so's is is Tom. Is. But so's Tom. Okay. Tom changed. Tom changed. Tom he became won. a diva quarterback along the way, and Tom didn't I want. I still think,
3: he, but he earned yet. the right to become that diva quarterback towards the end.
2: Didn't say he didn't, but he changed. Bill didn't change. Tom wanted him to change. Bill wouldn't change, and they broke up. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. So they're both guilty, and we're not doing the revisionist history. If Tom had stayed, the team would have fallen apart, too. He wouldn't have won I still, I
3: agree. I I don't necessarily think they just continue to win. Like, I don't think that they would have won last weekend if Tom was still here. No.
2: No. They would have never won again, in my mind. I don't believe they would have won another Super Bowl. He had to leave to win a Super Bowl. Like, it's just – yeah. I agree with that. But, yep. Okay, there's our synopsis of Dynasty. Go watch it. Do our buddy Jeff Benedict a favor. Support it. Yep. Um, read all the reviews. If you want to really break it down, I know you're going to have reviews, Mike Cadillac and WEI.com. I know NBC Sports Boston is doing some strange like shows about the show, recap things. I don't even know. So... Mm-hmm. People are going to be bombarded with dynasty talk. And, oh, by the way, it's appropriate because another dynasty has entered the chat with the Kansas City Chiefs winning their third Super Bowl. So it all kind of comes together nicely for Jeff Benedict, for Apple and everybody. But uh, that's going to put the wraps on another uh, six rings and football things. As always, a production of 2400 Sports Odyssey brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more as I did on Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you for missing Gronk. I'll take that $25 bonus bet that's in my account now. Haven't decided how I'm going to use it yet. He I is Mike You picked him to make it. What are you, an idiot? Yeah, I guess so. Didn't you? I catch, I don't kick. <laughs> yeah, but I, he was, he was
3: practicing and like he, you know, he just missed it last year. And I don't know. But I, so I was learn. actually, me and my friends who I was watching the Super Bowl with we're talking about that and now I wish I picked him to miss it obviously because he missed it but also they were they split up the bonus between everybody and I'm sure more people picked him to make it and so then the people that missed it you get more of a cut if he misses it and it's all a whole math thing and long story short oh I'm sure you have is. a bonus bet and I don't
2: I have a bonus bet and I'm going to use it and uh, <laughs> bet on us this offseason keep coming back to the six rings and football things, podcast feed, tell a friend, we're trying to grow the community. And I think it's important now for the community to interact on a social level. And what I mean by that is if oh, yeah. somebody puts something on social media, you don't like, you don't have to call them a moron. For example, should the Patriots trade Mac Jones? For that <laughs> Let's all talk. I want people coming yeah. here, tweet us, email us, whatever it may be, be comfortable throwing ideas out there we might laugh at him a little, but we'll try not to be mean and we'll try not to really shoot Yeah, We're not going to be mean. Him. No, because we're good people here. All we know is this that the dumbest idea in the history of Patriot Nation already happened two years ago when Bill Belichick hired Matt Patricia to run his offense. <laughs> it it yep. ended his career early, it ended Mac's career early. So no idea is ever going to be dumber than that. So we should all feel free that we can throw, we're not goats, we're not experts throw any idea you want at the six rings and football things feed, go to at six rings pod on Twitter and just be open with your football thoughts because now is the time of hope. Yeah. It's very simple. Red Sox nation hopeless. You have no reason to have hope Patriot nation. You have reason for hope. You have the third pick in the draft. You're going to have $80 million. You got Gerard Mayo working from a position of love. You got a new coaching staff, Elliot Wolf, Wolf of Foxborough, Wolf of ball street, whatever the hell you want to call him. It is a time this February, March, and April for hope to return to New England. And I hope that you'll allow Mike Cadillac, weei.com, myself, Andy Jumbo Hart, Nick Fitzy Stevens, and the Six Rings family to be a part of that for you. So until next time, enjoy the podcast. Check out the Jeff Benedict version of the podcast and watch Dynasty to relive the glory days in New England.
0: Six Rings out. Hi, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.